on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Heinrich Thirteenth Prince Royce. He's seventy-one years old, with his white hair combed back, with his sort of checked jacket. He basically looks like a hunter. That's, a, I think, a good way of describing him. He looks as a hunter in his hunting lodge. He doesn't necessarily seem like a person that you would target in a nationwide raid, but he was indeed not only targeted, but also arrested. He was seen among the group of plotters as the person who would lead the political wing. In other words, the person who would become head of state. In early morning raids across Germany, thousands of police officers at more than 100 locations arrested 25 people. Authorities say they were planning a violent overthrow of the German government in a far-right extremist plot. Today on the Indo-Daily, a German prince, an attempted coup, the long-lost Reich and an Irish twist. And it is uh, assumed that this is one of the biggest uh, anti-terror operations in Germany uh, since World War II. Prosecutors say the suspects had acquired weapons, organized weapons training and intended to storm the German parliament building. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today I'm joined by Thomas Sparrow, correspondent in Germany, to tell me about Reichsberger, an eccentric prince and one of Germany's biggest counter-terrorism operations in decades. Thomas, the story which broke last week of a plot to overthrow the German government, can you explain, in the simplest terms possible, what was behind it? Basically, it was a group of plotters who were linked to a movement here in Germany called the Reichsburger movement of citizens of the Reich who do not believe in the legitimacy of the German state. They basically believe that Germany's borders are not legal and they don't follow German institutions. And as such, this group of plotters wanted to overthrow the German government, wanted, according to officials, to enter the German parliament, if necessary, also violently and they wanted to install their own political system. They had already a sort of cabinet in waiting. They had a political wing with a leader. They had a military wing in charge of recruiting people, of making military arrangements and so on. So according to authorities, it was already in an advanced stage. It was a serious plan, but a completely different matter altogether is how realistic it was. Nevertheless, it is a very, very big story here in Germany. You can imagine 
that there will be political consequences, that there's a lot of political discussion in the country, because such a group with such a concrete and advanced plan is something that has really caused alarm in the country. And did it come totally out of the blue to people? Was anything known about this group before German authorities launched their raids last week? About the Reichsbürger, yes. They are a group that's known to authorities that has been discussed also in the German public for some time. They were also, for example, um, known during the coronavirus pandemic in 2020 for going out to the streets and uh, protesting in many cases because they were against uh, the measures announced by the German government back then. So the Reichsbürger scene is not a new scene for German authorities. German authorities know, for example, that there are already around 21,000 people who are directly or indirectly linked to this movement. A portion or a part of them are actually considered to be potentially violent. They're considered to be or to have a high affinity for weapons, as German officials try to explain. But what is different, what is new, is the extent of the current plans to overthrow the government. So the links to the movement That's not a surprise, but the fact that they had all this already planned, which included also a former member of parliament for the far-right AFD, which included active and former members of the German military, which included all sorts of different people, even a minor prince, this is certainly something that has caused great concern because this is something new. This is something different. Forgive me now if I'm being too simplistic, but they are essentially a group of people who are nostalgic for the German Empire. They want to go back before even World War One, never mind World War Two, And they believe that somehow the current German state is actually a corporation set up by the Allies. That's what they indeed say. And it's basically that it's uh, Germany is governed by a so-called deep state. Um, but it's not as simple as that because authorities have found a considerable amount of weapons linked to this Reichsbürger movement. So they do consider that this group is, on the one hand, potentially violent, and on the other hand, that it has connections to some of Germany's democratic institutions. The fact, for example, that a former member of parliament was linked to this uh, group of plotters, the fact that active and former military personnel with considerable military training were also part of the plot is again, an indication of the seriousness of this. The fact, and this is something, by the way, that has only been revealed in the last few days, that they had considerable amounts of money. Uh, 400,000 euros were actually seized last week. And there are indications that this group had a safe box in Switzerland with gold bars worth close to 6 million euros. This is new. This gives you an idea that this is not just a simple group of people who don't believe in the German state and don't believe in German borders. This is something that, according to authorities, goes way beyond that. Six million euro in gold bars. Where, where does one even go about getting that? Well, that's the question that authorities are now trying to answer. And that's the reason why when I was, for example, in Parliament this week and talking to lawmakers from the governing coalition, but also from the opposition, they said that they first need more concrete information, for example, trying to answer that question before trying to adopt wide ranging political changes. There is a big discussion here in Germany as to what political consequences might come out of all this. There's discussion, for example, whether Germany should tighten its gun laws. Germany already has extremely tight gun laws, one of the strictest in Europe. But there's now debate as to whether that should be changed on the one hand to make it more difficult for these kinds of people to get weapons in the first place. On the other hand, to make sure those who already have weapons can get their license revoked. And politicians really from different political 
um, sides told me that they need more details to understand what the real political impact of all this before making any wide-ranging changes, and that includes the question that you mentioned about the finances, about the money, and about potentially those gold bars that have been reported in the German media. Okay, so you've already outlined how this group of co-conspirators, they included current and former soldiers from the elite special forces, police officers, army reservists, others with military experience. But the one that stands out has to be the prince. Until then, everything was fine in the principality, ruled by the royal family, and people were leading happy lives. If something was not going well, you approached the prince. Who are you supposed to, to turn today? To your parliamentarian, local, federal, or EU level? Good luck. Tell me about him. Heinrich Thirteenth Prince Reust. Um, I don't think many people in Germany knew him uh, before this case. Uh, he was, or he is, a minor aristocrat in the in the country, and he was seen among the group of plotters as the person who would lead the political wing. In other words, the person who would become head of state had they become successful. This is a person who works as a, who worked because he's been arrested as an entrepreneur in the western part of the country, but he also has a hunting lodge in the eastern part of the country in Thuringia. And it was precisely at this lodge that he hosted some of those Reichsburger sympathizers and uh, also had a golf club, as it was described also in German media. And between organizing these golf clubs for local elites selling real estate in the, in the West. He also basically organized this plot with the different people who were part of it. Now, you may want to know, for example, why we have a prince, a minor prince in Germany, actually believing these kinds of things. And it does seem to be linked to the fact that he had tried unsuccessfully various times to try and sue the German government to regain land and property that he claimed were his birthright. And it seems that he spent large sums of money doing this and ultimately began to claim that there was a conspiracy against him in the German democratic system. Now, all this is still a matter of the investigation, but it is on the one hand interesting, but on the other hand dangerous to see that you have these minor princes, minor aristocrats in Germany actually leading a plot to overthrow the German government. On what basis is he a prince, Thomas? Because, I mean, we're all a bit obsessed at the minute here with the troubles of Prince Harry. Um, but we know where he sits in the royal family. On what basis is this man described as a prince? The ancestors of Heinrich the Thirteenth, Prince Royce, as he's officially called, they actually held sway over the city of Gera, which is in, now in Germany's state of Thuringia, so in the eastern part of the country, more than a century ago. And Heinrich is one of the minor members of the family. So it's, he's Heinrich the 13th. And um, he has indeed been described as a minor aristocrat, as a minor member of a noble family. But it is not in a way similar to Prince Harry or, or other princes that you, that you know. It's something much more regional here in, in Germany. So he's basically just a wealthy landowner. Is that the extent of his actual charge over the country? Well, in a way, yes. But as I mentioned, he had already tried to sue the German government on various occasions. He actually did manage once to, alongside other members of his family, to seek compensation from the German state for 
expropriated art or expropriated cultural assets. And in 2017, it was reported that uh, the group of heirs, so which included him, received more than 3 million euros in compensation. So yes, he is a landowner. Yes, he is a real estate manager. But again, it goes a little bit further than than that here in, in Germany. And as I mentioned earlier, he combined his work in the western part of the country as a real estate um, selling real estate agent, so in Frankfurt, with his time in, in Thuringia in his hunting lodge. One of the other key people to it actually made the headlines here in Ireland in recent days because she is a former MP, which in itself is is fascinating, and she spoke at an event here. She was lined up to be the Justice Minister. Yes, we're talking here of Birgit Malzak Winkemann, who was a member of the of Parliament for the far right AFD party. She is no longer a member of the of Parliament for the far right AFD party. But it was indeed reported that uh, she was a guest speaker at a conference of the Irish Freedom Party a few years ago, and it's particularly important to focus on uh, Malzak Winkemann to mention her because she, as a former member of parliament, had access not only still to the parliament building, but also obviously to certain documents and to certain people who are working in parliament. So she was actually a key member of this plot. And that is one of the main reasons why German authorities are now trying to consider possible political consequences, like restricting the entry to the German parliament in certain occasions, like tightening security in public buildings, like making sure that officials deemed by authorities as, and I'm quoting, anti-democratic, can be dismissed more quickly. Again, this is not just a group of people meeting somewhere. This is something that went deeply into the German political system, which basically means that German authorities, from the government to German lawmakers in the Bundestag, are now discussing how to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And I should say that Herman Kelly, who's the president of the Irish Freedom Party, told the Irish Independent in recent days that the allegations against Malzag Winkmann are yet to be borne out in evidence. And he said that his party represents sane and sensible nationalist option which rejects any form of Nazism and nuttery. But there is a certain level of nuttery around what's going on in this. And in some ways, Thomas, it's easy to almost laugh at it from a distance, this idea. It's like a film. Could they actually... It is indeed like a film. It is definitely like a film. Could they have pulled it off? Well, that's that's a very important question because one thing is how realistic those plans were. Another thing altogether is how concrete those plans were and whether they would have managed to achieve their goal of ultimately overthrowing the government. German authorities, in particular German security authorities, have stressed that the raids last week and the investigation that is still ongoing are a sign that German authorities can deal with such a threat, that they can thwart these kinds of plots. At the same time, this has increased debate in the country among those who believe that Germany has, for a long time, actually not taken right-wing extremism seriously. Thomas, it strikes me that we all talk so much about January 6th in America. Do you see any similarities in what's happened here or is it a completely different thing? Well, there's actually a further similarity. You may remember that in August 2020, protesters who were also, by the way, linked to the Reichsburger movement, tried to storm the German Bundestag. They failed. A glimpse into the group's past shows the danger it presents. In 2020, supporters attempted to storm the German parliament. The year before, the group killed a politician. 
German intelligence believes about 21,000 people are involved in the Reich citizens movement. 5% of them are seen as extremists. But they did try to get in there and I was actually there covering that protest in August 2020 and it was then that really many people in Germany started to think much more closely about not only the Reichsburger movement but the potentially violent aspects around the Reichsburger movement. And it was only afterwards that we had all this issue of January 6th in the United States. So there are similarities. I wouldn't like to say that they're exactly the same or that it's the kind, the same kind of, uh, of people, but there are similarities. And by the way, if you read very carefully what German prosecutors said when they announced the raids, they did say that the people involved in this plot are also linked to the QAnon movement, which in the United States is well-known and also a real threat. So there are certain similarities, and I imagine that the challenges that authorities are facing are in many ways also similar, although the difference is obviously that in this case, the plot was thwarted in the first place, and in the second place, protesters in August 2020 did not manage to enter Parliament building. When you ask what will happen next, on the one hand, investigations are still underway. So it doesn't, doesn't mean that the raids are now completely over. In fact, one or two days after the raids last week, it was clear from what authorities were saying time and time again, that it is very likely that more arrests will happen, that more people will also be linked to this. By the way, this is something that we also heard today and yesterday. The initial group of 25 people who were arrested and 27 others who were involved is now much larger because you have also other people who were in the know of these plans. So basically, authorities have now increased their range of operations, their range of investigation. It also seems, by the way, that they had more weapons than it was originally thought. Around 100 weapons were seized during raids. And now the big question is, what kind of weapons were there? What kind of weapons had they access to? And what can be done next by authorities? So from the political side, what comes next is on the one hand, more political discussion in Parliament, and specifically regarding three areas. The first area, should Germany tighten its gun laws? Second area, should public offices be better protected or protected at least in a different way? And third, what can authorities do, in particular the federal government, to make sure that these kinds of plotters do not enter in any way Germany's democratic institutions? In other way, do not have access to the justice system, do not have access to police or the military, do not have access to the German parliament. It has been very revealing that the former MP, so Malzak Winkemann, still had access to parliament because she was a former MP. So there is a discussion as to whether former MPs, especially from this party, should in any way be barred. You can imagine the kind of debate that this has created here in Germany. And finally, if that's the political and the legal follow-up from all this, Thomas, I have to ask, because I, do, I don't mean to make light of it earlier by, by laughing at the idea of the prince and the plot and the long-lost Reich, but it is kind of amusing almost in, in that you could see Netflix doing this. What has the public reaction in Germany been? Are they taking this very, very seriously as a threat to democracy, or are they kind of laughing? Like, I think one of the... Uh, Prince Heinrich's relative described him as a confused old man. Which version of, of this do the public see? I think a bit of both. I do think that, especially given the nature of this, Germans do recognize the potential impact that such a plot would have had had they been 
successful. But I, I also think, and maybe for some it's just natural to laugh a little bit at the at the actual details of this. The fact that you had this seventy-one year old prince, that you had these all these plans, that you had um, all these raids. So that it's not really something to laugh at. That it's something that has to be taken very seriously indeed, especially if you consider how far advanced those plans were, and especially that they already had basically a shadow cabinet really to be ready to be um, installed if they had managed to, to be successful with their plot. Thomas Sparrow, thank you very much. A fascinating story. Always a pleasure. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips were from Sky News, The Daily Mail, NBC, MSNBC, PBS and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.